Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. Purge to Lead, episode 235. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. I'm having a great week and I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest. Uh, Please help me welcome Devin Sizemore. Devin is a serial entrepreneur that has owned a variety of companies from an online marketing company to a cat cafe and more. He currently owns Your Referral Partner and teaches professionals how to build high value networks that generate ongoing connections. He's helped hundreds of businesses and professionals scale their business and loves sharing best practices whenever possible. Each year, he makes and receives hundreds of connections. These connections lead to jobs, investments, strategic partnerships, and much more. When he's not running his business, he's traveling with his family, or you might find him on the golf course. Devin, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. So we share a love of traveling. Um, I love to travel. Uh, Do you play golf while you're on the road? Uh, I don't play on the road as much. If I'm traveling for business or by myself, yes. With the family, it's a little harder because we uh, we try to do the family activities. Nice. Yeah. What's your favorite golf course? Uh, I love Grizzly Ranch, which is up in the mountains from me. Uh, nice hilly course, big pine trees, very few houses. It's nature and golf all together. Nice. That's the thing I like about golf is you're out in nature, you're out walking. I'm in the bushes most of the time, but you're out walking, you're enjoying, you know, the outdoors and stuff. Yeah. I said, we great. went and played band and dunes and uh, yeah, I was not on the course as much as I was in the bush and trees, but, but the ocean view was great and it was amazing. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Don't fight it. All right. Um, I want to talk about how you got your start, how you got to where you are now, who you work with and how you help them. Um, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. And listeners, though, these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Devin, if you're ready, I've got 10 questions for you, sir. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Freedom. What is your least favorite word? Hmm lazy. What turns you on? Uh, watching other people succeed. Nice. What turns you off? When people quit. Mm. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, the perfect hit with a golf ball. (laughs) Yep. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, someone you love crying or being in pain. Absolutely. All right. Uh, question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Mm. Yeah, it rhymes with duck and I use it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? 
Uh, I never got into journalism, but have a degree in it. And so I still love that world and I love storytelling. So yeah, that, that would be fun. Maybe you got a book. You'd write a book. I would write a book. That's on the list. Very cool. <laughs> All right. What profession would you not like to do? Mm, I don't enjoy like being on my feet all day. So any profession where we're just standing or something repetitive. So any profession that lands in one of those buckets, probably not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Manufacturing where you said they're uh, yeah, conveyor not, belt is doing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Picking and packing. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say? When you arrive at the pearly gates, hmm. here's unlimited golf balls, and here's the best golf course you've ever seen. No, I just—it's a funny joke. I never thought of it, but yeah, I mean that would be kind of cool, right? Like just being able to hang out with your friends and play probably the coolest golf course of your life, and just you know spend forever together. Nice, very cool. All right, good stuff. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, like I said, we want to talk about how you got your start, how you got to where you are now who you work with and how you help them. Um, and we'll dive in a little bit on the your referral partner, how that works and, and all the inner workings and stuff, okay? So okay. listeners, we're gonna be talking about all of that and more right after this, so stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Devin Sizemore. Devin, thanks again for taking time out to uh, to be on the program. Really appreciate your time. So growing up, did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you have other plans? Uh, yes and no. So grew up in a household. Both my parents are managers. Um, and so love the business strategy world. Um, but yes, as a kid, I was always hustling. Um, I just told this story on another podcast. It was awesome. Uh, I would pick up dog poop as a kid, right? And the neighbor would pay me five bucks. And I got to the point where like, I'd save that money to buy toys and my friends would come over and I'd be like, Hey, I got to run to the house next door. Cause I'm picking up the dog poop real quick. And they'd be like, okay, well, like, can I help? And so I would let them help, which meant I'd let them do it. And then I would get paid the $5, usually in dollar bills. And then I'd pay my friend the four bucks, keep a dollar. But I was like sitting at home playing video games. (laughs) And so like, it's just a simple example of like young entrepreneurship, but tutoring in college and high school, photography stuff, uh, painting the numbers on curbs. And just, I've always had that grind mentality where I'm going to find a way to add value, solve a problem, make money. Nice. Yeah. The whole Huckleberry Finn type thing. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Very cool. I, I did the same thing in, in the neighborhoods, mowing lawns, pulling weeds, you know, all. Yeah. Why not? That's cool. But at one point in your career, you started a cat cafe. Tell me about that. Where did that idea come from? Yeah. So that's actually a recent part of our story, which is fun. Uh, my wife and I were looking at a project we could do together. She runs a, a mural business and is phenomenal at it. And I run my consulting company. And we were just talking about like, what do we want to do together? Like, is there a project we could tackle? And I had seen a YouTube video six and a half, seven years ago 
uh, with someone touring in Cat Cafe in Japan. It had millions of views. And I went, what a cool concept. Like, it's a comfortable space. You get to spend time with these cats and animals. Um, there, it's because they don't have cats as personal pets. But if you look at the storyline in the US, it helps with adoptions. Like, there's so much good. And so we went to one in uh, San Diego and sat there and I, I ran the numbers, which I do in every business I go to, right? I'm always looking at overhead and, mm-hmm. and cash flow and, you know, what's your revenue. And Haley was sitting there looking at the design and going, man, I could make this way more immersive from a feel standpoint. And I'm running the numbers going, yeah, and there's a lot of lost revenue. And so we came back and went, let's do that. Uh that was the end of what, 2021. Uh, we wrote the business plan, started looking for real estate and we were off to the races. Wow. Very cool. And is that still open now? It is. So we we uh, signed the lease November 1st, 2021. We opened January 1st, 2022. We sold the business July 1st, 2022 uh, to an employee. And so Really cool project. We launched for a very shoestring budget, which was our goal. Mm-hmm. We had intent around that. Um, we cash flowed and built recurring revenue. And then we had a team member who it was their dream to own. And we helped them transition and become a young entrepreneur. And so really cool business, huge impact. And yeah, she's what she's almost had the business a year now. Um, and she had her biggest revenue month January of this year. Very cool. Excellent. That's that's awesome. I love that. I mean, not only starting a business, but then helping somebody else realize one of their dreams. That's very cool. And give them the way to do it, right? There's no way that they could look at the money we put in. And so financing, like we're carrying the note. And so that allows them to have that runway to be able to step in as a young entrepreneur and actually build something that's their own. And now she's launched a couple other businesses and the entrepreneurial bug is bitter. (laughs) Awesome. Very cool. Good stuff. So on your profile, you would call yourself a super connector. Tell me about that. How did you become a super connector? Yeah, it's a cool story. Um, I had amazing mentors in college. Uh, and then when I launched my first business, was in a mastermind, paid a bunch of money for coaching. And one of my first coaches told me visibility plus credibility equals profitability, right? And so the concept was, I need you to speak. I need your logo to be everywhere. That's going to create the, the volume we need to make you profitable. And so I did all those things and I ran a digital marketing agency. And so I was doing SEO and local directory listings and social media. We're doing all these things and it worked like we would get inbound leads. But what I found I could control when you look at the sales process is you can control how many people you meet, you can control getting them into a meeting and you can control how you follow up. Those are the pieces you can control. And so I learned how to change the language to increase the probability of all of those things. The end result of that was a network that gave me a ton of referrals because I found that if I mirror, if I give you referrals, you'll give me referrals, right? So whatever I do, you'll do. And so because of that, I just went on a mission to connect as many people as I could because it helped me grow every business venture I've been in. And through that, I've landed with a very robust network full of amazing professionals. And anytime I do a speaking engagement, I, I usually go around the room and we look for something rare and random. People are trying to like either chase if it's college, right? What career path? And I've yet to be stumped where I can't come up with at least one person that either is the person in the industry or I know has a connection for that person. And so that became your referral partner 
right? It did. Yeah. So I've had a consulting business for a little over a decade and I wanted to stand out and do something different and unique. And so three years ago, I rebranded your referral partner. And all I do now is focus on connections and helping people either build the system so they can do it themselves or plug them into the system so we can do it together. And almost all businesses grow off of referrals, right? Um, do you help give advice on how to give referrals and how to how to ask for referrals? Because I think that can be hard for some business owners, how to ask for referrals. Yeah, 100%. So we changed the mindset and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go into it and drive real value right now. So uh, the mindset has to shift. And so for you and I, if I ask you, what kind of client do you want? And you say, um, I want blank, right? And it's a client. It's hard for me to look at my database and make that client facing introduction because I know you're going to try to sell them because I'm introducing you to a prospect. That creates an uncomfortable situation, which is why you ask the question, right? Like it is hard right. to ask because it has sales involved and it's hard to give because it has a sales connotation involved. So first we switch who we're connecting you with and we actually have more impact. So what we do is we talk about the connection expansion exercise. So if right now, if you're a business owner or a professional salesperson, take the time and listen to this moment. So think about your ideal client get their client avatar profile, whatever you want to use to define that person. And now I want you to think about a few buckets. So first bucket is vendors. Where do they spend money? So who has a monetary relationship with your client? The second bucket is where do they seek education and advice? The third bucket is where do they gather? Uh, so that could be associations, or it could just be like, if you're targeting seniors, it could be their senior living home or places where they go to play pickleball, right? Who do they trust? So that's usually advisors, coaches, could be their financial advisor. If it's individuals, could be their business coach or someone that they trust. And last, who's a connector? Who knows everybody or has access to a lot of people? When we make asks, I only answer in one of those five buckets because now we remove all of the sales tension because now it's easy to say like, hey, I want high level B2B service providers. That works for Devin. And now you can go through your list and be like, oh, I know a few B2B service providers. And you go, well, help me narrow the list. I want to meet the ones you refer the most. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, I just made referrals to these three people. Yeah, I'll connect you because now there's no sales. It's easy for you to make the connection because you're not positioning someone to be sold. And I'm not starting the relationship to sell. I'm starting the relationship to build my network. And so that's the long-winded answer is we get people to stop asking for clients and start asking for these mini-to-mini -mini relationships that actually have much more impact. Yeah. And that's one thing that uh, you're right. It's instead of saying, I want to introduce me to this specific, right? It's like, who did they maybe do business with? The adjacent type things. Um, I explained it in one of the groups I was in. Um, I used to ride a Harley. There are a lot of businesses that have things put on Harley Chrome type things. There's leather type things. There's patches. There's all those uh, adjacent type things. Introduce me to those people because they're helping the same people and I am, right? Instead of looking for that one person, how do you guys help? And is there some way that I could get in with you and, and stuff? Yeah, I like that. Very cool. Yeah, totally different perspective. And it, yeah. I use the real estate example because realtors, everyone can relate with, right? If you ask a realtor who they want to know, they always tell you they want a mortgage lender and an insurance agent. Like it's, it's like, it's like they don't know how to say anything else because core, which is what most of them are taught. That's what they teach them, right? Work your circle, ask for these two things. And so when I work with realtors, we never target those two things. We go after everyone else, pest control, solar, 
everyone that has access to homeowners, the babysitters, the cleaning companies, the floor companies. And mm. what's interesting is some of those people have more insight to when a transaction could happen than the mortgage lender and the insurance agent. <laughs> and so, true. yeah, so we build their network that way. And then they end up getting a ton of referrals because their network is vastly bigger, right? There's only so many lenders and insurance agents. There are tons of pests, solar, home providers, home service people. And so all of a sudden they end up with this huge network and now they have a thousand people looking to refer them instead of 10. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. I know when I first started uh, coaching, I belonged to a couple of different networking groups and having one-to-ones with them and talking to them and stuff, they say, you know, I, there's just no way I can refer you. And I go, why not? And they said, well, it's just uncomfortable going to somebody that I know is in a business and say, Hey, I want to introduce you to this business coach, because basically I'm telling, it's like saying, Oh, I want to introduce you to a family marriage counselor. You know, you're saying the person is having trouble or, or you're telling them their business is, is failing. And that was an uncomfortable thing for them. It's like, don't, don't introduce me as a business coach. Say, Hey, uh, this guy's a load of fun. Love to introduce you, you know, and I'll, I'll take it from there. You know, I'll introduce myself. I'll talk about what I do. How do you, how do you get around some of those things where it's a little uncomfortable for somebody to say, Hey, let me introduce you to this person. Yeah, hundred percent. So it has to be a mutual mindset. So I, I ask the same questions of people to teach you how we're going to do things. And so here's some scripts that work well. So when I meet someone at an event, networking event or first time, and I follow up, the script says, Hey, Harlan, it was great meeting you at XYZ event. I enjoyed briefly learning about you and your business. I'd love to schedule a time to learn more about you and what you're doing so that I can open some doors for you. Here's a link to my calendar. I look forward to chatting with you. So your messaging is all about the other person and it's all about adding value. When I get to that first meeting, I can guide the meeting however I want then because we're in the meeting. I can't sell though. I have to actually genuinely ask questions and be curious. But if you ask enough good questions, you're going to find alignment in that meeting as either a prospect client or somewhere in their network that there's value. And so as long as that's my intention and what I put out in the network, it's easy to refer me for the same thing. And so anyone that's in one of those businesses that's hard to refer, I teach them the same thing. I say, hey, Harlan, I might not be able to refer you because I don't want to hold the mirror up and tell them they're ugly, right? But right. I can refer you to all five of those things we talked about because those five things have no sales pitch. And so it's easy to say, hey, you're targeting first-time home buyers, which are usually young professionals. Hey, so is this other person. They only work with young professionals. You two should chat, right? Or if it's the marriage counselor, right? Hey, you are a marriage counselor and this person's a financial advisor and this person's a divorce attorney and this person's a CPA. All of you are going to have insight to when relationships may be struggling and might be able to help each other and either save or guide people through the process. Nice. Very cool. And so, I mean, I, I think you've already covered a lot of this, this next question, but how is this different from some of those other big networking groups that we know? What sets you guys apart? Is it that aspect of it that you're, you're teaching them how to think about their business and how to think about referrals? Yeah. So I love to use the local groups. If you've ever been in a local group, I won't name them, but if you've been in a local networking group, typically there's like a leadership council. And then there's like a quota for how many meetings you have to be at and how much activity you have to do and, and all this stuff. And I would say it becomes political. Like it becomes, it becomes not about why you joined. And a lot of people get turned off to that. They also get turned off because it's every week. And if you miss, you're penalized for us, you pay to play. If you don't show up and work the room, you're not going to get a return on investment. That's your problem, not mine. 
Like if you want to step out, that's great. The other thing that's different is on our calls, I don't let you get out, right? We don't get off a call unless everyone in the room has identified clearly how we can help them. And everyone else in the room has had enough time to really listen to what that person's looking for. And what happens is every member in every one of my calls gets at least one to three connections from me every call just because we dig in deep enough. And what that does is it creates opportunity for every other member to go, you know what? Yeah, I have seven people in my network that that's all that too. And so we create huge volume or really high quality because sometimes it's not just the number, it's the caliber. And so that's what's different is we don't get in and do this like 30 second around the room. Who are you? What are you looking for? No, we do that. And then we go back around and we say, hey, Harlan, what's worked? Who'd you close recently? What industries? What client profiles? What If you can share, tell us the companies and let us know what's working. And let's dig in until we get to those aha moments where I have clarity. And if I have clarity, the rest of the room probably has some ideas on how to help you. And if everyone in the room does that, it's magic. Absolutely. That is awesome. Yeah. I was in a couple of networking groups and you always have those people that they come in, they get the couple referrals that they wanted and then they leave. It's like, I got what I needed. I'm out. You know, how do you, how do you solve that? How do you uh, keep the membership going with everybody helping other people? Yeah. So we have a code of ethics and I'm a stickler for it and I will kick you out. So uh, our code of ethics is right. You have to be a giver at heart. So you have to be willing to, to give, uh, but you have to give not of your service, right? So you have to give education, resources, connections, other things that are valuable. Um, and then you have to respect the chain of referrals, right? You have to provide feedback and respect that sometimes there's affiliate relationships involved in joint ventures and you need to make sure people are getting paid. What happens is if, if we're giving a lot, and we're not receiving, then I'll have that conversation with you. Like, hey, like you're in the group and I know I've made a lot of connections and so have other people and we're not seeing that reciprocated. So like, are you struggling to figure out how to do that? Great, I can help. Or are you just not willing to let go of your network? And I have a good friend who's in the second category. And it's interesting because we have that conversation all the time. Like, man, you're not a fit. Like, I'm not gonna let you into the community because I know you'll get value. You have a phenomenal service, but I also need you to play ball too. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, the one group that I was involved in, you had your, your tradesman. And I think that's an easier conversation to have to make a referral to somebody, because if your roof is leaking, you know, you need a roofer. If your electricity is out, you know, you need an electrician plumbing on some of those, it's easy. Some of the business to business type things, it's a little bit harder because we may not have access to those type people or may not think we have access to those type people, or we may not think we're running in the same circles as them. How do you deal with that? Is it just a training? Yeah. So, so again, it's the teaching and we do teach on calls. That's why I ask all the questions and try to drive people. And so a really good example, I was on with a lady yesterday, this, this will help a lot. And so she's in a very unique business. She's in media, but she's in a very specific part of media. And so I just ask really good questions. I am innately curious. I love people's stories. I love just people. And so I ask and I ask and I ask and I ask, and it was a 20 minute meeting, right? So it's not forever. And she spews and we get there and I go, okay, cool. I have three introductions for you. And I was able to find introductions in three places. One, the industry she's targeting, I said, this person's aligned in that industry. That's their industry too. So there's got to be synergy. You guys are targeting 
it's sustainability, right? So I'm going to make a sustainability connection. I also have a media connection because they're in media and have been for 40 years and you're just jumping in. I'm sure there's synergy there. And then I have this one person who has access to your, uh, invest with them. So money, family offices, VCs, I'm going to introduce you to them because that's who they're targeting. And so now you've got access to passion, industry, and money just to start. None of those are ideal clients, but I hear that there's synergy there. And if you are good at you, there's probably value. Very cool. So how many members do you guys have right now? I uh, I think we just crossed 50 is where awesome. we're at now. Um, and we're growing fast. <laughs> Just in your local area, or are these spread out over the U.S. or where are they? No, so it's inter it's international membership. Um, it works great if you can work with clients nationally. Uh, you're probably going to get the most value. Mm-hmm. With that said, I do have a lot of local businesses in there, just because local businesses sometimes are my consulting clients, and all of my clients are in the group too. Um, and it's amazing how they're localized ask, and they still get value because everyone knows someone, right? Yeah. And what happens is you're like, I have a cousin, brother, sister, mother, someone in that market, and they make that intro. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, okay, we're able to close the circle. So yeah, if you have a national or regional reach, much better because there's a lot of people that have the same reach. If you're localized, it just depends on your your goal and what you're trying to accomplish. Nice. Very cool. Good stuff. So on the program, we talk about courage, right? Where do you find the courage to break away from the nine to five to create your own success? Where do you find the courage to overcome the setbacks, like the divorce, bankruptcy, illness, failure? Um, where did you find your courage? Where did that come from? Yeah, it's a great question. And I've been through a lot of things on that list you just mentioned. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, you know, you, someone told me, I had a mentor who told me, you know, you've been through your worst day and you're still here. And so I think that resonates with me a lot. Like sometimes you just have to eat when the day is kicking you in the face, just sit there and go, yeah, I've been through this before. And guess what? I survived yeah. that day. And so I think just that voice, um, I've always had strong mentors and that's critical. And I've always had a really strong inner circle. Um, and so being able to lean on people that you trust intimately, um, have to have it because you will get weak. There's no one who can say hundred percent I'm strong all the time. It just doesn't exist. And so I think the inner circle and then mentorship help. And then that little voice just from that one mentor that just kind of lets me know like, yeah, you'll get through this. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Having a mentor, having a a coach, having a, a group that you can share that with, it's always neat to be in a, like a mastermind type group or something like that, where you hear somebody else say they're struggling and it's like, Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. And I run a a mastermind every other week between the community for that same reason, because business is the loneliest thing on the planet until you get in a room full of business people. And then you have all those aha moments where you're like, oh yeah, I was short on revenue. My lead employee just quit too. My partner screwed me. Uh, My insurance claim didn't go through like whatever it is. And everyone else in the room's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, because they've been through it and it's it's neat to learn from them. Somebody told me a long time ago, try to learn from other people's mistakes because you'll never live long enough to make them all yourself. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying though. I'm for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so different types of courage we talk about. Um, intellectual courage is the courage to, to 
put aside your long-held beliefs, the knowledge you currently have to make room for new knowledge. Um, social courage is saying what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, even if it's unpopular. Um, and empathetic courage, right? Being able to set aside your emotion to make room for somebody else's emotion. Um, what type of courage do you think it takes to be a, a good uh, business owner, an entrepreneur? What type of courage do you think is most important? Yes. <laughs> so, so as you went through them all three, but I think the second one uh, is most important to me and it's how I run every company I've ever run and every relationship I'm ever in. Uh, if we can't be transparent uh, and not have filters, then we probably shouldn't be in business. And people like to talk about the open door policy in business. I didn't have an open door policy. I had an open conference room policy. And so what would happen is if two people had a conflict, I brought everybody in and we aired it out right there on the table. And it was like, this is going to be super uncomfortable, yeah. but we're going to leave this with no drama and very, very clear path forward. And it's interesting because I had a, I did a corporate stint and then left. That wasn't for me, but these are like six figure top level professionals. And they sat in that room the first time and they're like, this isn't normal. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So what's the problem? And they air it out. We talk about it. Someone else goes, oh, I, saw, I thought the same thing. Everyone has an aha moment because usually if there's a perception issue in the office, it's more than one person. Right. And so I have always, and my kids probably hate me for it, right? Just been super transparent. Um, and so empathy, I've learned um, and I'm still learning, but I will die on that cross of, I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I was working one time. I had a, a guy come into my cubicle and complain about one of his coworkers. So I picked up the phone and started dialing and he goes, well, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to call him over here so we can talk this out. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like, well, then don't come to me and talk about it. Yeah. Let's if talk you about have an it. issue. Not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an issue, go to him and say, I have this, you know, and talk it out. If you want me there to mediate or whatever, that's fine. But yeah, absolutely. Social courage. Um, Talk about people. How many people do you have working in your group right now? Yes, this is like the best answer now because I've had such big teams. So I am down to just contractors. So okay. I just have contractors I work with uh, all over the world. Um, They're amazing and it's fun. It's fun to be a team of one right now with amazing contract support and amazing partner prog uh, programs and things. Um, It's a different world to be in right now. That's not usually my answer. Usually I have teams. And so it's it's fun to just be in the contract and partner world. Nice. Yeah. Well, in this this day and age, it seems like that's kind of the way to go, especially in, in I found in, in creative areas to have teams rather than employees, to have the 1099 type employees, contract employees, where you can kind of shift and flow depending on what it is you need. Right. So you grow to the size of the team you need, but then you reduce. Yeah. And, and it's fun. Like we we're using a lot more services than I've ever used, which is awesome. So like just finding people that are great at things and using them for it instead of trying to reinvent the wheel. And it's been phenomenal. Like we've created some amazing partnerships and it's a lot of freedom because everything is expectation based. It's very clear. It's very black and white. Um, and so it's an interesting place to be in and I'm enjoying it. Like I'm really enjoying this season. Awesome. Yeah. And you bring in that, that contractor who that's their speciality. They get to work in, in their, you know, wheelhouse. I mean, that's who could ask for anything more. That's perfect. But you've had other teams before in the past, uh, about how many people would you say you had working for you in the past? Yeah. My largest company, we had 45. Um, 
and that was an international and then localized team as well. So blend. Um, but yeah, my biggest team that I've run was 45. And then when I did corporate, I had an office of six, but I mean, there were a thousand employees in, in the organization. So. So a target rich environment. If I was to walk down the street and bump into any of these folks and ask them about your leadership style, what would they tell me? What type of leader are you? Yeah, a leader who will work harder than you by you and you don't call me boss. Um, and so I hate titles. I've always hated titles. Um, every company I'm at, unless you force me to have a title, we probably all have the same title. Um, so referral partner or connector is what I was using for you know anyone that was representing me with this company. Um, and so I just believe we're all equal. We're just all uniquely skilled at different parts. And I just happen to be the person that's trying to steer the ship, but without amazing people who have ownership and direction, there's, you're not going anywhere. And so I have no ego when it comes to the business. I want the business to succeed first. Um, and hopefully we all benefit. Nice. So what do you look for in a leader? Yeah, I look for a leader who's a doer. Um, I love visionary leaders. I think that you need someone who can paint big pictures, but if you can't get the work done and actually follow through and follow up, then it doesn't matter how big the vision is. And so anytime I'm working with a company or looking at new partnership opportunities, I look for like, can we follow through and are you getting stuff done? Or are we just talking? If we're having the same conversation a year later and nothing's moved, yeah. I'm not interested. With you. Absolutely. So what's next for you? I mean, you've got so many things going on. So what's on the horizon for you? Yeah. So we're in a, uh, I'm in a simplify mode. It's a very interesting part of business to be in. Um, I've been through the single-minded chase one business to the moon mentality. Um, I was telling the vision board story to a younger professional the other day, right? I love vision boards. I think everyone should have one somewhere. Uh, we have one in our master bedroom. My wife and I do it together. Uh, so we have one board and we put all the different buckets. And back in the day, the bucket was business. Like it was just business. Like we just hammer it out. And now it's business, family, travel, vacation, revenue, cash flow, splits, health, wellness, all these things. And so for me, it's just growing my community and growing my mastermind and being very diligent at staying inside of those lines and referring everything else, which means saying no to revenue, um, because I want to control my time right now and I wanna control my energy. We have a lot of other stuff going on. And so for me, it's holding myself accountable to that and enjoying, you know, we have a four, four 14 and 18 year old. And so spending time with them and, and being present and uh, we have a goal to travel 16 weeks a year. I know you're on the road all the time, but, yeah. Uh, you know, we want to travel 16 weeks a year. And so you have to build your business and lifestyle to match that. And so that's my priority right now. Well, having huge impact in those I talk to. Excellent. Yeah. And that's the thing that entrepreneurs, you have that flexibility to, to focus on what you want, change your, your focus when it's time. You know, if you're working for somebody else, you may not have the opportunity to do that, you know? So, yeah, very cool. Good stuff. So where are you guys traveling to next? Yeah, so we're in a no travel season. It's so weird. We <laughs> we set the goal to travel and then we've had a personal issue and then we're in contract on another property. Um, as soon as that season's done, uh, Disney is always on the list. We usually mm -hmm. do Disney four times a year. Um, wow. And so that'll come back on the list because we're, we're delayed. 
we've got Costa Rica on the radar for an extended trip. We want to do a month and work remote. Um, Belize is now popped on the list. Uh, nice. And then my uncle's in Texas. We'd love to go spend some time in Texas. Arizona's on the list for this year. Um, and so, yeah, as soon as we can settle this house, then yeah. we'll get some more trips booked. Very cool. Very cool. We just got back from Iceland in November. Ooh, phenomenal. that'd be awesome. Yeah. It was phenomenal. It was great. I said, I'd love to go to the home of golf too, right? So like if we could oh, get yeah. to Ireland or any of those places, Scotland, like that would be, that'd be a cool guy's trip. Um, yeah, we did do Bandon last year, which was epic. It was phenomenal. Very cool. When you're ready to go to Scotland to play golf, I have the guy that can hook you up. He's got a, a travel a travel um, company that just Scotland travel for golf. Let me get you all set up. So yeah, Perfect. as soon as you're ready, you let me know. Yes, yeah. I'm ready. You introduce me to him. We'll start planning now. <laughs> awesome. I will do that. All right, Devin, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out. If people want to get in touch with you and find out uh, more about you, want to find out more about your referral partner, how can they do that? What's your website? For sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, yourreferralpartner.com. And on every social platform, my handle is DP Sizemore, Devin Patrick Sizemore. So DP Size and then more. Okay, perfect. All right. I will make uh, sure all those notes are in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and stuff. And again, thanks for taking time out. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes, a lot of good information here. Definitely check out uh, the website. And yeah, networking and referrals are are huge if you want to grow your business. So get better at referring, get better at, at uh, networking. And um, share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues, and make sure you subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. And stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan Singh. So long for now. 